Guerrero here, your host of the Excuse Me Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week as we bring you another exciting guest that is just very special to me. I want to remind everyone to please go to your favorite podcast platform and download, subscribe, click, like, comment, give me your feedback, and show me your love and support because I feel it every week, guys. All right. Now it's time for this week's guest. Hang on tight, grab a beverage, grab some popcorn, and let's enjoy together. Hey guys, it's Nikki Guerrero, and welcome to another episode of the Excuse Me Podcast. Man, I have had just one of those mornings, but by the grace of God, everything is connected and we're all ready to go. Everyone, I am so excited to share this wonderful man with all of you. He is not only kind of a former colleague, but a friend and just this amazing human being that's spreading so much positivity um, throughout our nation, the world, and through our younger generation. Everyone, please welcome, formerly known as Johnny B. Bad, please welcome Mr. Mark Merrill. Mark, how are you? Oh my gosh, Vicky, with an, with an entrance like that, who <laughs> music? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, you know, Vicky, I've been so I've been so excited about being on your podcast because I love your energy. I love the character you played on television. And I know we have such a common bond in so many areas that I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to answering some questions that some people that wrote in yeah. to you and just you know, make it uplifting, upbeat. We've all gone through this this pandemic and these hardships and things, yeah. but man, we're, we're coming out. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Things are going to get better. It may never go back to the way it was, but you know what? We're going to have some sort of normalcy. Life is going to go on. And it's it, it's because I say it so, I make it so, and the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> so for my fans who don't know who you are, and I, I have a lot of younger fans too, so they may not, I know they weren't born uh, when you were around, but I mean, as far as who you are, you were, you, you're a professional boxer um, and you are a professional wrestler that was in the WWE, well, WWF, uh, when they were back in their name change. Um, you were under the name of Johnny B. Bad, and you were trained by the Malinkos. Like, well, how yeah. incredible was that? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I was never a professional boxer. That was my story was I was an amateur boxer, won the New York State Golden Gloves, and then eventually went, uh, was was uh, stationed with the USA boxing team. I was I was on the USA box team in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And then I went to turn professional, and that's when my life took a real turn. And my, well, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, getting back to the Malenkos, I was trained by Dean and Joe's father, Boris Malenko. Wow. And uh, what an honor that was, man, to, to have that guy be my trainer you know i work i work with dean i worked with dean and wwe but now we work together in aew which is all elite wrestling and i i love dean to pieces but i never know when he's serious or when he's cracking a joke was he like that when he was training you back then because he's well, you know he's ice cold 
Yes. Uh, Dean was not my trainer, though. Remember, Dean was, they were actually on the road working and stuff, Dean and Joe. And it was basically Boris was the father was was my trainer. But, you know, every once in a while, uh, Dean or Joe would show up and just, you know, do some high spots or come in the ring and show the guys some moves and things. But he was never really um, there for the training with me. But I mean, I did wrestle Dean in WCW. I I worked with him in WCW. Uh, Dean was there for a while. Um, along with, you know, obviously Eddie was with, was with me there and uh, just some, some of the, the greatest memories I had in wrestling was when I was in the WCW. Now, don't get me wrong, I have no regrets going to the WWE because it's always, always like to feel like you made it in wrestling, you had to go to the dance and that was WrestleMania. <laughs> so thank you, Lord, I got to do that. And uh, I felt fulfilled in my, in my obligations and what I wanted to do with my, with my life and my goals of making it to the WWE. Yeah, you know, you were such a great character. And I remember watching you perform. And of course, you know, just your flamboyancy and your charisma and you put everything into your character. And I had a picture put up for my fans to, you know, submit questions. And, you know, I, I'm I'm so honored to have you on my show because you did share, you know, that you we see Eddie's picture on the video um, behind you, you know, in your uh, in your office. Right up here, um, yes. Right there. Yeah, you know, it's it's just amazing to me how you know I I took a chance in asking you to be on my show, and when you said yes, I was like, oh my gosh, God, like life is just coming in full circles, and 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 these circles are never expected, you know, because I think, oh, he's probably busy, or you never know if they're gonna say yes or no. But when you said yes, you would love to be on my show, I thought. Eddie is sitting here and he's probably just smiling going, okay, guys, what do y'all got for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I sent you the picture of Eddie. I had Eddie, I had this big memorabilia uh, garage that is like, it's like a museum and Eddie's right in the center, you know, that's the oh, picture nice. I have of Eddie right in the center, but I wanted to bring it up here in my podcast room so I could share it with everybody. And cause I know we're gonna be talking about Eddie. So I certainly want him over my, my, my shoulder for this podcast. Um, yeah, I just, you're so I, sweet. I, such, you know, what's so funny. There's a, uh, we both have had some tremendous losses in our life. I know that some of your listeners have lost a loved one or gone through a heartbreak or something in their life that's been traumatic, you know, and you know, the old Dr. Seuss saying, it says, um, don't cry because it's over, smile right. because it happened, you know? And, 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 gr- and believe me, grieving is a good thing. And, and we grieve at different times and different lengths of grieving and so on, you know? But, you know, whenever I think back on someone that I love that is, that is now gone, I go right back to those happy moments, those memories that make me smile or laugh. And and uh, as I was sharing with you before that, you know, when Eddie would walk in the locker room, he didn't shake hands. Eddie was a hugger. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was a hugger, man. And he just was he was so warm. And and I tell you, one of the greatest things about Eddie that maybe a lot of people don't know, and and, and to me it was really it was it was a special part of my heart. Uh, we're we're both Christians, and yes. before our matches. Eddie would always search me out or I'd find him, whoever wrestled first. And we would get away. We'd both get on one knee and we hold each other's hand and we'd pray before our matches. And it just showed the heart that he had, the love he had for God. And um, it's just something that I, I got to share personally with Eddie. And uh, I'll never forget. And then the other memory I have is our match. And if anyone is, your fans go to uh, YouTube and just type in whether it's Eddie Guerrero versus Johnny B. Bad or Johnny B. Bad versus Eddie Guerrero. We, we wrestled each other. It was a really cool match on Monday Nitro 
um, that uh, we had a match. It was like a 10 minute draw and, and Eddie taught me moves I never did before. He was a guy that, you know, it's like when you got to the building, they used to put out everybody's name on the chalkboard of who was working that night, wrestling each other. And so you couldn't wait to get to the building to see who you were working with or wrestling that night. And I remember getting there and if you saw Eddie Guerrero's name next to yours, you had a night off, man. <laughs> he was the <laughs> easiest guy to wrestle. And whether he was a baby face or a heel, he, he had the match plan. Like he just, he was like just an architect of wrestling, you know? So even if you made a mistake, he made you look good. You know, he was just that, that good in the ring. One of the best I've ever wrestled with. And, and I got to say that I always do this on my podcast. They always say, well, who's your favorite guy to wrestle with or the best guy? There's always, there's, there's always like three guys that, that really stand out in my mind that were really easier. When I say easy to wrestle, Diamond Dale's page is up there. He wasn't easy to wrestle. <laughs> we almost killed each other, but we loved working with each other because we were such good friends. We loved to put on a great show. But the others were like were Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H that and Ric Flair that I had really easy matches wow. with that were great wrestlers, great, great technicians in the ring. And Eddie was right at the top of all of them, man. He was just a, he was a gift. And uh, you know, what's interesting, Mark, is that when I went back to look at that match, because that's the first thing I do is when I have a guest to see like what the matches were like with Eddie, because, you know, I, I mean, that's just some, that's such a great conversation, but did you know that that match you had with Eddie, I believe, and I could be wrong, but it was time stamped November 13th, 1995. And Eddie passed away on November 13th. Oh, I never, I never. 10 years that. later. Oh, so oh, Vicky, I, I never knew that. Well, I just, I was, That's, I was shocked wow. when I was doing the research. I was just like, oh my gosh, like who would have thought, you know, yeah. because yes, I thought that was really special yeah, that, that, wow, that you guys had that. Really, yes. Oh my gosh. That is, that's just, I'm getting chills, man. Thinking of that. Me too. Me too. We're going to talk some more about Eddie, but for my fans who um, just get familiar with you, you were, you were married to the previously, you know, uh, Sable from WWE. Mm -hmm. And then um, that y'all, you guys had a great um, entrance and just uh, uh, image, you know, for WWE and you know, you're no longer with her and, um, but you you adopted her daughter Mariah, is that correct? Yes. Yes. How? Because I, I I stalked your Instagram, and I thought it was so beautiful how y'all are so close. Because you're talking about going to Universal Studios, and you were gonna spoil her and her daughter Sophia. And <laughs> I mean, I, I just you know for you're just loving life right now, and I love the energy that's coming from your Instagram, and you feel the peace. And just the the calmness of your of your page, and I just want to commend you on that because we need more of that. Oh, Vicky, thank you so much. You know, I I adore my daughter Mariah, and I, obviously I I've gotten such so close to my my granddaughter Sophia. You know, they they fly up here and spend time with me, and of course that we go wherever they want to go. I don't care. <laughs> they want to go to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. I don't care. I just love seeing them happy and seeing them smiling. And this year we got. Uh, uh, I moved to Georgia and my brother's got a big lake house and this huge boat and this would be jet skiing and we're doing all kinds of stuff. So they're going to spend some time with me this summer that I'm really looking forward to. We're already talking about it. So, but you know, life is, you know, Vicki, I think 
through through tragedies and adversities in life, it, it, it makes you have such an appreciation for life. You know, often we take for granted the very things in life we should appreciate. And maybe because we've gone through, I mean, if you meet someone that's gone through some hard times, you see how much they they can appreciate life and appreciate every moment that we have. Um, I, I don't want to look back on my life and say, why didn't I at least try this or go here or do this? You know, I really want to enjoy every moment. I don't live in time anymore. <laughs> I live in moments and I enjoy every moment I have, you know, because happiness for me, it's a choice. I mean, it's like bad things don't happen to us, but it really comes down to a choice. I could think about all the negative things in life and be bummed out with the political things going on and all over and everything that's happening. Or I could think of the positive things in life or the difference we can make in somebody else's life is where you find real joy. That That's amazing. You know, and I, I didn't want to spend too much time on your wrestling career, even though it was incredible because Mark, you're doing some incredible and amazing things with, with the youth of today. And, and you've written a book, uh, and you're a motivational speaker, you're a youth advocate, you're an ordained minister, which is incredible. And your your backbone of everything that you're doing is that you're a child of God and that you have eternal life because you've been saved. And I think that is just, we need more of that in this world because like you said, the world is, is just chaotic right now and everything's changing, but we, the one thing that I stand true of is that whenever we have go through adversities or triumphs or a bad day, I have to remember what are my blessings for the day because my blessings are going to outweigh the the stress that I'm feeling for that hour or two. Amen. Amen. I, you know, Vicki, uh, I, I don't beat people over the head with the Bible or, or just, you know, constantly tell people you're going to hell if you don't do this, you know, I think. I, <laughs> some I, people I want to do that though. <laughs> No, I mean, when, we, when when I speak at schools, obviously, we can't even talk about our faith in God, or we, don't, we can't even mention the word God, you know, but I, you know, it's funny how many students always ask me, they go, are, are you religious, or are you a Christian or something, because I really believe that your greatest testimony is how you live your life, and if you really want to help someone, you know, they, that, that there's no greater joy than helping another person, and I think that's why I found such a passion in, in doing with this, you know, when you average as many schools churches and corporations as we were doing for those years. I mean, in 2017, we did 293 events. I don't even think I've ever even wow. had that wrestling events in, in the year, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it was it was just amazing. But, and then we were getting hundreds of, of messages every day from students. And, you know, so many kids today are going through so much adversity, Vicki, whether it's depression or anxiety or, or um, isolation or suicidal thoughts that we deal with on a, on a regular basis that we're really reaching out and helping these kids. Uh, and giving them hope. I think when you can give someone hope, they can, they can make it through another minute, another hour, another day. They just got to hang on and have hope. You know, and that's something that's interesting to me because, um, you know, looking at your, doing the research on you, there's a lot of videos of you being in schools and you talk about your childhood and, and your parents' divorce and your mom's passing. I wanted to ask you, because that's interesting you told me that, because when I was in high school, I graduated in 1986, and in our school events, we did not perform until everyone got on their knee and said the Lord's Prayer, said the Pledge of Allegiance, and everyone participated. Didn't matter what religion you were, everyone prayed together before and after. And we even prayed with the other team after a game, whether it was a band competition and you know, or football game. And now with the the news of the last 10 years, you hear about schools taking out the American flag and, and 
you know, the Lord's Prayer and you can't speak of God. And I wanted to ask you, Mark, um, that must have been really difficult for you because, you know, with, with your message and not being able to speak of God or, or say his name or to reflect back to the Bible, how that's interesting that the kids will ask you if you're religious because just by your presence and how you speak, you're a man of God. It, I can Anyone can see that in your videos. That must have been really difficult for you. Did you have a school say you can't mention God, you can't mention the Bible, you can't say any verses? Well, um, yes, we, we've had many schools that have asked us uh, beforehand because see what it is, there's a lot of videos of me speaking at churches out there. So sometimes we type in my name if a church video comes up and they have me praising God or, or praying or whatever, uh, they'll say to me, they go, listen, no religious connotation in our school. We saw videos or this or that. And I said, I, I, I you know, I, I honored that obviously, but um, you know, the, the difference I have and the blessing I have is that, you know, many, many kids reach out to me through, through social media. And I, I can't talk about God at their school, but when they, when they write to me and they say, Mark, how did you go through such adversity? What, what got you through all the deaths you've been through or the heartache or divorce or or, you know, my this or that, or, and I'll just say, you know, I got to be totally honest. It's my faith in God. There's many times I've been at my end of the rope that the, when you're at the end of the rope, the only one there is Jesus. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's an opportunity for me to share. Now, I don't, you know, obviously force a kid or tell, tell a kid what they need to do. All I can do is tell them from my point of view, what happened to me, how my life was completely changed because of my faith in Christ and they could take it from, take it or leave it, you know? And I got to tell you something, the blessing I've had over the years is, um, I've been doing it 14 years. Wow. I've, I've gotten kids that have um, graduated from, from high school, colleges, are married, have their own kids now from, remember, 14 years, a long time. And after 14 years, all these letters I get of kids that saw my presentation said, the day you came to my school was the day my life was forever changed. And I just, man, I got to tell you, Vicki, that's where I found my passion. They said, you know, people say, people are always just searching to, to make more money. But when you find your passion, money follows passion. Yeah. And, and how cool was it that I was blessed to have a job that I get paid for to go to schools and do something I love? You know, we, we get funded by drug forfeiture money with the police department or grants or things like oh. that, that we're able to go to these schools and do this. And we have a staff that, that we get all this mail that comes in. We reach out to kids that are suicidal or hopeless and, and we're able to save these kids' lives, you know? And then, and, and then uh, one, one of my students that, I, that said I saved her life when I came to school, she just recently had her first baby. And she says, you know, I wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for that presentation at my school. And she actually, we actually did a video with her, but before I came to her school, she tried to hang herself. And when she jumped off the chair, the rope broke or, or the, it was tied to a ceiling fan and, and it came out or broke or something, I guess, and then fell to the floor. But um, it's on our video. And after that happened, the next day I came to her school. How coincidental is that, that I would come to her school the next day and then her just change her whole life. You know, it's just, it's stories like that that are just, every day we hear something about a child's life that was saved or changed because of the presentation. So explain to us, uh, fill in my listeners of how, what is it that the organization, it's it's Pause Org, right? Is that correct? Uh, it's Think Pause, which is P-O-Z, like zebra, thinkpause.org is my okay. website. 
that's amazing videos on there and some things but if if your school is interested in having me or your church or corporation we go all over you know it's it's so crazy vicky when you think about this and start out as a uh well melbourne high school the, the football coach called me and said hey can you come talk to our kids you know the football players and so i went out there and says you know you know don't do drugs and don't do this and and but it was really funny because a lot of the kids i kind of made it funny and 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 just you know upbeat and i started getting letters from kids that said man you really changed my life today and i thought oh that's really cool then the the, the coach said hey another school down the road wanted you to come and speak to their whole school i've told them about you and it snowballed. And then my videos went viral. And next thing I know, I'm going over to Guatemala. I'm going to Russia. I'm speaking to schools all over the world, Canada. And it just snowballed into this amazing thing. And Vicki, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know the, the, the kind of video that went viral that's kind of famous, the one about my mom? Yes. You know, you know who filmed that was uh, our good friend, Diamond Dallas Page. He's everywhere. <laughs> He's everywhere. Everywhere I... I I mean, he's I don't know. Of, I think he's, he's cloned himself. He's one of my closest <laughs> friends. And I actually I actually live close by him now. So uh, I go there and do his DDPY, the yoga, and we've been hanging out. And it's just been, it's been great. Uh, but anyways, I was in Atlanta doing schools. And he said, hey, bro, you mind if the guys come and film your presentation? I said, sure, why not? You know, because he had his whole... Uh, you know, DDPY film crew here. They got the DDP at the Performance Center. Yeah. So I was staying with them and stuff. And he he sent some of his guys over. Steve Yu, who kind of runs the whole show. Oh yeah. He's filmed uh, my my presentation. They put together this little five minute video. And he calls me a few days later. He goes, "Hey, bro, the guys put together a five minute video. You mind if we put it up? Hey, you never know, it might go viral. <laughs> Just like that, you know." <laughs> I go, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and he put it up. And next thing you know, he calls me back. He goes. Can you believe there's a hundred thousand views on that already? The next thing it was million, five million, ten million, twenty million, hundred million. It was just, it was just incredible how far that that video has gone, and it's just opened up doors all over, all over the world for me to present at, and it's just, uh, just a blessing. And that's you know, two guys that just want to help other people. I think it's a, I know it's amazing because you know this generation, to, the younger generation today, is so influenced by social media and TV and, and what their friends are doing and what's going on at school or what's going on in their neighborhood. And to see you, Mark, you know, come from this big wrestler, because when you come out, I've watched your videos. When you come out on stage, you have your championship belts, you know, you come out with your cool glasses and, you know, for you to say, this is who I used to be. And then you start your story. I think kids just, it's, it's, incredible that they see the superstar that it wasn't about all the money and the fame and you know all the notoriety it's there's a lot more to life than that because you know i i can tell you from my experience you know with eddie you know we we were two kids that were were making a lot of money and we didn't even know what to do with it you know and that's so it was so scary looking back and i'm thinking man if i could have only had someone that was influencing Eddie and I to know how to manage our money and to say, Hey, you know, this is a, a better choice than what you're doing. And, you know, Eddie had a lot of injuries and all he learned, all he could do was mask him because he didn't want to lose his TV spot. I mean, that was his words. Every time he left was like, I can't take time off. I can't have energy, you know, surgery. I can't even think about, you know, being at home because someone else will take my spot. And for a wife to sit back and know that, the pills and the alcohol and other things were keeping him going just so he wouldn't lose his spot. I thought 
oh, that's how everybody's doing it. Okay, we're going to be okay. But looking back now, I'm just thinking everyone needs more Mark Miros to say, you know, there's, it's okay to take time out for yourself. There's, there's more to life than just missing that spot that, that could happen, you know, on TV rather than getting yourself right first, you know, instead of thinking about what the worldly fame was going to cost you. You know, Vicky, you said something that was so, just so powerful is that, you know, that when you said lose my spot, you know, it made me think back when I was, when I was working that when I was in the, involved in the same things, you know, partying a lot and uh, pain medication. And so on a lot of injuries, I've had 14 surgeries and we've already got this wrestled for a period of time has had many, many surgeries and, yeah. and, and part of the way you deal with it is, is pain medication. But you know, the thing that I realized that, you know, there's only, I don't know, on a two hour show, there may be 20 spots available, maybe on a television show, maybe 20 spots. If you're not ready, jacked up and ready to go, there is a hundred thousand people behind you that are, and you do not want to lose that prestigious spot that you have on television, especially when they're building your character or you're getting popular and things are going well, more money's coming in, man, I don't care if your knees blown out. I don't care if your shoulders blown out, just pop a few pills, get back out there and, and, and make it work, you know, but, um, and, and that's what was the downfall in, in, in wrestling. You know, Vicki, when I stood up back then uh, and was on a lot of the TV shows and talked about the drugs and stuff, it wasn't about yes. me pointing fingers at other guys. It, this is what I would, I did, you know what I mean? When I was talking about that. And a lot of guys hated me for it. I was vilified. I could never, ever go backstage to a wrestling event again. And I look back on that, and you know, because every day you got to be proud of who's looking back at you in that mirror. But today we have the strictest drug testing ever you know, the Olympic drug testing they have. They now have a program where anybody that's been in professional wrestling and WWE can now go to free rehab. We yeah. never had anything like that. But it, there's so many things that have changed because of guys like me and some other guys that stood up and said enough was enough. And you know, when, 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 when Eddie passed on, I mean, that was, that was really the, the one that, I mean, losing any wrestler is difficult. Right. But Eddie had, there was such a love about Eddie. I mean, Eddie was loved by everybody. And, and when, I, when I say this, that yeah. when it, it was almost like you were jealous of it because he walked in and everybody hugged him. And he was just like, he was just, just a big guy that was so much fun to be around. And he wouldn't he be too good in COVID. That's for sure. Cause he'd want to hug everyone. Oh my God, <laughs> forget, forget the mask. But you know, he'd have a cool Latino mask. <laughs> Um, you know, that's something that's, you know, you bring a good point up because when Eddie passed, you know, there was a kind of a question of, you know, what's going on with the guys backstage and what are they doing to help themselves, you know, keep their spots. But then once, you know, Chris Benoit passed away, there was a lot more awareness of what was really going on. And I, I think it's so great that, you know, there's, there's those regulations now, um, you know, but I, I want to go back to what you're doing, you know, for the younger generation, because, do you see um, how, what's your perspective of seeing what the kids are going through now? Because, you know, there's uh, domestic violence that's risen, there's child abuse that's, that's raising, you know, the, the numbers, you know, and statistics. And then, you know, and then you got the, the drug use and the, you know, the social media and the cyberbullying. How, tell me, how are you attacking those things with the kids? I mean, this is such an incredible platform that you have, Mark. It's such a great responsibility that you have taken on that a lot of people, you know, kind of shy away from. They're kind of like, oh, it's not my kids. When, you know, instead of looking at the problem, 
you're kind of parenting all this generation and it's it's such a, an incredible feat and responsibility how, how how is it that it's it's working for you especially during covid like what do you what are you seeing and how 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 are you handling this i mean it, it's such a big you know question to ask you you know vicky there's there's no better there's no better freedom than than honesty and i i just think that the reason why kids have really uh, gravitated to me in my presentations is because how, how honest I am on that stage. It's not, like I said, I, I share where my good choices took me, but I also am blatantly honest where those bad choices took me and how it destroyed my life and ruined so much and lost so many of the people. I love my life. My, my, uh, my mother died at 58. My dad died while I was holding my arms. My little brother and sister died at 21 years yeah. old. So I lost so much and I kids can relate to it. So they trust me when I talk to them, but you know, I'm, just, I'm seeing some things that are really alarming me now, especially with, with COVID and the isolation, the loneliness and depression and, and kids just sitting up in a room with earbuds or playing video games or watching TikTok all day long is the depression. It's just, it's, it's, it's escalated to where it's now suicidal thoughts and we're losing so many kids. Suicide's at an all time high and I really try to work with these kids that are are at the end where they're just like I don't even care anymore. I don't want to. I don't even want to be here anymore. No one loves me. No one cares about that me. You know. And then when they see that that I'm 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 sitting there spending my time talking to them or or texting them back and forth and giving them hope. And all of a sudden you see a breakthrough. You know. And you and I always say, uh, don't you forget. I want to know what you what what you watch tonight or what you're going to do tomorrow or something. So the next day they'll text me again. So you know they made it through the night and they're okay. But I really try to get in touch with their parents and parents have got to have open discussion with kids you know ask your child about what they feel inside what they're going through that and, and don't and see i think so many parents act like they're aloof to things or, or they don't yeah. they, they've never been through stuff in their life be honest with your kid you know, you could talk to your kid about, you know, I did do drugs in my life, or I did mess up, or I did screw up, or whatever. When kids see that you're honest with them, they can be honest with you. But sometimes parents want to act like, you know, their, their life's perfect, and they don't do anything wrong. And but I found that opening up to kids really can help a kid a lot. But um, I got to tell you, Vicky, with this, uh, with the with the social media, our, 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 our smartphone, it's outsmarted us, okay, because we are spending more time on things that don't even matter in life. And you know, when you, you, could, you could watch TikTok videos for hours oh, at a yeah. time, but I wanna tell you right now, when you, when you leave this earth, when you're on your deathbed, you are not gonna care how many followers you had. You are not gonna care what someone said about you on Facebook. You are gonna call for your loved ones. And that's why I preach relationships, how important they are. And that's why I talk about, um, when my mom died, how devastating that was for me because it all of a sudden hit me. She's gone. I'll never get to see her again until I see her in heaven, but I will live the rest of my life without her. So relationships are so important because that's what you're going to ask for when you're on your deathbed. You're going to ask for your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, people that mattered in your life. You know, we have such a connection, Mark, because not only did you, I didn't know you personally when you were hanging out with Eddie at WCW and, you know, praying before the matches, but I share a common um, feeling with you because, you know, you were in Japan when your mom passed away and you came home and Eddie was in Minneapolis and we were in Phoenix. So we had just taken him to the airport that day before. So you think 
you know, a person goes around thinking, you know, okay, I'll see you in 10 days, you know, and you go on your, your day and you go on with your week and you take it for granted, you know, that life's going to be by our schedule. Okay, Monday, I'll do this, Tuesday. And it, it's so um, humbling and it kind of takes me back to just keeping my feet on the ground that when things change and I get mad because I'm like, this is not how things are supposed to happen. Eddie's supposed to come home 10 days. You know, this was our schedule. We had things to do after he got home and this is not fair. But then now, you know, I'm looking at 16 years later and I'm thinking, God, thank you for taking Eddie because he was in so much pain. He had so much pressure of trying to fulfill obligations. He was trying to just keep going and, and just realizing that, you know, it wasn't his agenda. It was God's agenda. And that's something that um, I just your messages just take me back to those, you know, those same thoughts that I have, you know, that it's not our time. This is really God's time that he's in control of it. We just don't allow people to open their hearts. And if you're not a believer, you're, you're living, you know, through the material things and you're living through the worldly things and what you're supposed to be doing, um, you know, and so being a, a sister in Christ, you have to just always stay focused on what the important things are. But your message, everything that you say, I just think, oh my gosh, I, I, I can relate to Mark on that. I can relate to Mark on this, you know, and it's just incredible how I've never sat down with you until now. And I, I feel so comfortable with you <laughs> that we, we have kind of shared a lot of common ground together. You know, Vicki, I, 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 I love the fact, I love what you just said, because, you know, is we can go through life being bitter, resentful, or, or unforgiving, you know, and it's just a, it's just a cancer that eats you alive inside, you know, but you know, the way I look at it, you know, we, we know where Eddie is because that's our faith. That's our hope. We know, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, where he is Eddie <laughs> as curious as Eddie is, you know, he's going all <laughs> around heaven. He's seeing things that we can only imagine the colors and the, the, the rainbows and the things that he's seeing that he goes, I cannot wait for Vicki to get here to show her. <laughs> and, and that's the hope yeah. we live with, you know, and you know what's, what's amazing is, is, and I talk to people about God um, a lot, you know, they'll, they'll ask me about my faith and stuff. And they, they say to me, you know, Mark, well, what, what is your wrong? What is there's, there's no God. I think to myself, well, I lived an amazing life. You know, I, 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 I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted, I, having faith is a great feeling because you have hope in your life. And, you know, you'd never walk alone when you walk with hope. And, and then I think to myself, but what is if you're wrong? What happens if you're wrong and there is a God and there is hope and there is all these things, you know, I want, I want to believe that there is life after, I, I mean, how crazy is this that we, we live a 60, 80, hundred years and that's it, you know, that's the end. I don't want to, I don't want to live like that. I want to, I want to believe that there is a better life. And even though we, we, I'm having a great time here, but I look forward to the, the reunion. Eternal life. With, with people like Eddie in the celebration that will never end. <laughs> I know he's probably thinking of all the cheat meals he could have every day and not worry about gaining any weight. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Mark, while we're on the subject, it, when kids are listening to this or parents, where is it they can reach out to you to get a help or to have an email or uh, where's the website? What are the resources that you have that you can say right now that people can write down and and, you know, go get that help from you and, and that guidance. 
you know, we have a lot of our videos on, on our YouTube channel, which is um, youtube.com, of course, uh, forward slash the Mark Merrow. And Mark is with a C, M-A-R-C-M-E-R-O. But you can also go to our website, thinkpoz.org. And you can, you know, message me through there. But I'm on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me. I'm really easy to find. So, and I do my best to get back to people. But sometimes when you get up to upwards of 100 a day, it's hard to get back to everybody. And some are very, very uh, time sensitive. In other words, yeah. kids that are really going through some some difficult times. So we try to spend time. We got a great staff too that that help me out with a lot of these uh, messages. They'll, they'll, they'll scan through and they'll find just the ones that really need to, to speak with me, but um, uh, we, we, we can't always get back to everybody because sometimes yeah. it's just overwhelmed, but, we, but I really try to do my best. That's amazing. Okay, so I have quite a few emails that came in for you that fans love you, and I could only, I think there was like 30, and I, I keep them forward these to you, but um, here is, here's one question from Michael Pimentel Jr., and he asks, hello, Mr. Miro. It sounds so my question is, what was the hardest part of getting into the business? And also, how hard was it to finally step back from it? The hardest part about getting into the business is it's so very competitive. I mean, when you really think about it, uh, when, when I was with WCW, there was really two games in town. There's WCW and WWE were any place where you could really make a living at wrestling. But even yeah. when you got there, there was only a handful of guys that were really making a living. A lot of guys were spending a lot of money traveling with the guys, but they weren't really making a living. And uh, so that's a, that's a difficult thing because it's a, it's a lot of, um, you know, I hate to say that there's, there's, a, there's, there's luck involved in it. There's a lot of, uh, it, it, it's, man, there's, so, there's a, you know, Dick, and you understand this, there's a way of being political too. It's very political. And man, I was not good at that part of it. I was, you know, and some guys are gifted at being political. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you just go, wow, that was good how they weave their way in there. But, um, you know, it's, it's just really is you got to You got to be talented. You got it. It's a, it's a brutal sport. When I say that, remember, I, I, I was a boxer. I was a junior hockey player. I played football and I never felt the, the pain that I, I got from professional wrestling when they go, well, isn't wrestling fake? <laughs> well, gravity is real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. I hate that question. I hate that yeah. so much. I know, you know, it's, it, it's really, it, people have no idea. You know, one of the funny things when I went first went to uh, Malenko's school, one of the things that Boris had me do were, um, uh, he had me just, now remember, I never wrestled before and he was trying to teach me how to take bumps, you know, how to fall on your back. And uh, he said, just cross your arms and fall backwards. And I thought, you know, I did all these other sports. It was a big deal. I just fall backwards. Vicky, I hit my back so hard on the mat. I couldn't believe how hard they were. Everybody thinks it's like a foam rubber and it's like, <laughs> like a trampoline. I, Vicky, I sound like a seal from SeaWorld. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't even catch my breath. <laughs> Oh my god! So I, right then I realized this is not going to be easy, man. <laughs> so I get the Tylenol going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another one from Dino, and his last initial is D. This is one question that I hope that you can ask Mark is about his amateur boxing career. Did Mark defeat Riddick Bow in an amateur boxing match? I've heard the story online, but I found nothing to claim on it. Please explain. 
No, I, I fought a guy named Don Ruddock, who was, uh, he fought, my, he ended up fighting Mike Tyson later on, uh, Razor Ruddock, he was from Canada, and I fought him when I'm, uh, we, I was in the U.S. and he was in Canada, and I beat him uh, in my amateurs, but I don't know where, where that one came from. Uh, would you would you rather be in boxing or wrestling? Like, what what was your favorite sport? Oh man, I I tell you, I had such a passion for boxing. But you know, when I, when you're in boxing, you're it's a really young man's sport. Like, you can't do that after thirty. You cannot box. Your body just can't take it. And it's so, all in the head. I mean, really, I mean, oh, it's all the contact. It was it was a, such an intense sport. I loved hockey. Um, you know, when, the sport that I was in at the time was a sport I really loved. So, um, you know, every sport would end like uh, when hockey ended, I got into football. When football ended, I got into boxing. And when boxing ended, I got into wrestling. So, uh, but, you know, I, I guess when you look back on life, you know, they're, they're, they're all challenging. But, you know, wrestling gave me a platform you know, and I mean, people didn't would have never known who I was to go to schools and, and open doors for me like like wrestling did. So um, I was so blessed to and wrestling fans are the best. You know, I just yeah. did a wrestling um, uh, autograph session in New York and we pull up to the building. Remember, I haven't wrestled in 20 years. We pull up to the building and there's a line of people down the street. And I, I said, what is going on here? He goes, they're here for you. I go, are you kidding me? Excuse me. <laughs> wrestling fans are so dedicated and you know i was so honored i i, I just felt like a i don't know it's like i want to talk to every person that came in you know man it's so amazing. good to see you thank you for coming you know it really made me really warm my heart that day and it was just last last weekend i was there that's amazing okay here's another one from brian brian thompson did mark prefer being a heel or a face when he wrestled he nailed both in wrestling. I love him as his run at Intercontinental Champion. As Intercontinental Champion. Wow, he, he admires you a lot. Would you like, uh, heel or baby? I, I, I think I, I like baby because you got to wrestle guys are really good at calling the match, you know? <laughs> I was always I, I, like, you know, when you, it's almost like when you, when you go to do something, you think they already know what you're going to do, but they don't. It's like and a, a good heel. And, and that's what's so gifted about Eddie was whether he was a baby face or heel, he's calling the match. He's like, he's like telling you everything to do. He made it so easy, man. It was like uh one plus one equal two. It was very easy. He but, hated um, calling the matches back. He wanted to just feel the crowd first. He felt oh. very strong about that. You know, he, another thing he would do, yeah, he goes, he goes, you just, just, just listen to me or just let me see how it goes, you know, and you're like, but what about this? What about this? And he goes, just relax. We're, don't worry about it, you know? And when you watch that match that we had, it, it was incredible that he, we hardly, he hardly told me anything we were going to do out there. And he just went out there and just did it, you know? Wow. And I mean, he showed me a couple of moves that I never did before that we did in the match that he said, do it this way, do it this way. And I was like, whoa, are you sure? It's not television. It's like live. <laughs> Just listen to me. So I had so much fun with them. And, and, uh, but yeah, I guess if I had to say it, I probably enjoyed being a baby face. I, I, cause I, cause it really translated into me going to schools and, and working with kids after, you know, not that they're, they're going to be upset if you're not, but it just made, it did make it easier that if you're a fan favorite, as opposed to being a guy that they'd like to boo. Yeah. That's incredible because you're so great as being a heel. You know, I mean, it's and you're, that that takes talent, Mark, because a lot of people, you know, working with the girls in AEW, it's either heel or baby. Like they only have this tunnel vision. I'm like, 
expand your character, you know, try yeah. both sides. Cause there's going to be a day that they're going to say, okay, we want you to turn baby or turn heel. And you're going to have to, you know, get out of your comfort zone and try that because you never know. It might be more successful than where you were be before, you know? And so it's so, I think it's so important, you know, but you carried both ways so well, you no, know, and you. Yeah, oh, I guess when I was first Johnny B. Bad, when Dusty Rhodes invented this character, Johnny B. Bad, and uh, when he had me put all this, like, like when he first said to me, he goes, I think I got a, a gimmick for you. And I said, I said, you do? And he goes, yes. Anybody ever tell you, you look like little Richard? I go, I thought he was talking about a wrestler, Becky. I said, I go, <laughs> little Richard? He goes, you don't know little Richard? A wop a And, uh, I go, oh, you mean the singer, Little Richard? He goes, he goes, I go, I never heard that before. He goes, I got a gimmick for you. Next thing I know, he has, um, um, remember uh, um, uh, Marlena? Um, yeah. She, she did yeah. My, my makeup, you know? Um, Terry, Terry did, yes. did all my makeup. And and uh, next thing I know, I, she spins me around that chair. I'm going, oh my God, I look like Little Richard. <laughs> and that's You're, what Dusty- did so that's well. A, that's the vision Dusty had. And of course, I think that the most amazing thing about being the character Johnny B. Bad was I got to work one-on-one -on -one with Dusty all the time. Like he go, now do it like this. He goes, I'm so outrageous, it's contagious. You know, <laughs> and and we, Vicky, we would get laughing so hard because Dusty, you know how flamboyant and character yes. Dusty is, you know? And he he would just, you know, it goes, I'm a bad man. And he just, ex he just expanded, you know, <laughs> he got longer and longer. I'm a bad man. And he'd have me do it and we'd be laughing and oh gosh, memories oh, I will God. always cherish with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. He was so incredible. It's, what, what a creative mind he had. I mean, oh, just, my gosh. yeah, such a loss. I mean, he has gone too soon. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. Here's another one from Joseph Smarrow. He says, um, hello, Vicky, love you and Miss Eddie. Mark, would you ever consider making an appearance on AEW if invited? I would love to see you lay out Jake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake's my friend. Oh, I'm so proud of him and, and, and where he's come and how he's doing and stuff. Um, uh, you know what? I, I would be honored if they asked me to come out and do I, something. I know people. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you never know. <laughs> No, never say never. You know, in life, it's yeah. it's like when you when you just say never, you're just putting a kind of you're closing a door. And I, I just you know they may have a good idea of something. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Um, you never know. Yeah, you never know in life. But uh, I'm always open to ideas. Awesome. Okay, here's another one from Coach Mitch Bet at gmail.com. Uh, Mark, I want to publicly thank you for all the years of entertainment you brought to wrestling fans throughout your career. Frankly, I think the list of your career achievements inside the square circle is tremendous and worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. But as great as those achievements are, the ones you've achieved outside the ring make them pale in comparison. Can you discuss those things outside the ring that make you the proudest and why? Outside, well, obviously it's it's making a difference in somebody's life. There, I, I can't even tell you the joy I feel or get knowing that something I said or did helped someone. And you know, Vicky, um, we were uh, there. There's there are different companies that have shared my video. There's ones called uh, the Greek Kangaroo, and they have 113 million views on on my video. There's another one um, called Now I've Seen Everything. They got 93,000. Well, anyways, 93 million. Anyways, one day we we decided to take these videos and see how many there were. Just the top ones. 
there was over half a billion people saw the video about my mother, the mother's love video. So when it was started being shared, we started getting all these thousands and thousands of, of messages from people that said it changed or saved their life. But Vicki, I got I got one that I, I if, if I got just just a second, I want to share this this one that that's really touched my heart that uh, I think uh, it's worth sharing. It's a short absolutely from a student. Um, this is a student that um, a little girl that was going to end her life. Um, she says, I had pills in one hand and a drink in the other. I had enough to end my life. I was ready to leave it because I didn't fit in. I felt unwanted. Like I wasn't supposed to be around. Like I was God's mistake. I looked on Facebook one last time and saw your video about your mom. I looked at your page and with tears rolling down my face, I put the pills away and read your posts. This was 10 minutes ago. If it wasn't for that video, I'd be filled with pills on my way to see God. Thank you. So it's just things like wow. that. You get letters day after day that realize that you, you, we all have a purpose in life, a plan, a purpose God has for each and every one of us. And I think when you share with people on that, I'm not perfect, man. I, I screw up all the time, you know, but I always want to be better than I was yesterday. I'm not trying to be better than someone else. I just want to be better than I was yesterday. And, and I think when people see that or realize that you care, they, they feel like, wow, somebody actually cares about me. Because sometimes we, 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 we plant things in our head that are really not there. Sometimes we yeah. build obstacles in our head. And, and when you could show a person that, that you know, you, you won't believe how much you're loved, that you don't even realize if, if, if you ever did or hurt yourself, you know, people would be would brokenhearted that you're not here anymore. And they start thinking about it. And we're able to reach people at a heart level to make a change. And that video is really done well. And that's just one part of it. People hear the story about my brother, my, my sister, you know, she died of cancer at 21 years old. And, and she always wanted to sit next to me wherever we went. She was like, a, she was a lot younger than me. So she looked up to me like I was this, this amazing guy, you know, and, and I remember I was just shoo her away, get out of here, you're bothering me a little jerk, you know. And then I remember just sitting in her hospital bed, and she died. And I thought to myself, man, what I would do to sit next to her today, you know, Life passes quickly. Choose wisely. Relationships are so important. Mark, I want to ask you, what is your favorite Bible verse that you carry with you during the day? Oh, you know, I, I, I share this because I can't say it at school. So I use it a little different, you know, like at schools, I always say your friends are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Well, that actually comes from the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 33, where God says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's so important. We become who we surround ourselves with. Choose your friends wisely. Wow, that's in incredible. Um, so with COVID going on, um, are you are you also going to stick with doing virtual uh, things right now? Or do you have any dates that are opening up since you know, we have the vaccine coming out now and, and, and some schools are in-person learning. Do you have any uh, any stuff lined up in the future? Well, you know, right now we're doing virtual events. I have a college that I'm doing um, two weeks, February 5th. I'm going to do a, a college, but it's all virtual right now. Um, we have about five virtual events lined up right now, but uh, schools, I hate to say this, they're still having a lot of issues with coming and going and, and trying to get kids all on, on the virtual at the same time. It's, it's a lot more than, it's a lot more difficult than people even realize. 
how bad it is for for parents, especially, you know, with kids home a lot and stuff. But, um, you know, when I was telling you earlier, Vicki, that we were averaging 230 events a year. And then March 12th came, I had a presentation I was doing for the police department. And the next day when we flew home from that presentation, I'll never forget it. It's March 13th. Our phone was ringing every two minutes on cancellations we had for all the schools and events that we had coming up. And obviously we haven't been able to go back since then, but I, I believe next school year, I don't think it's going to be this school year that we'll go back in person, but next school year we'll, we'll, we'll start scheduling again. We have scheduled some events for next school year, but um, it's just going to be virtual for now. And which I miss the kids, man. If you see some of the videos, I mean, those kids, we, many schools allowed the kids to stay after that one talk to me and they would just line them up, man. And it's like, hugging and just talking to these kids and sharing from your heart and hearing their stories and that that I miss more than anything and so I hope to get back to that soon there is a lot of emotion in your videos you see kids crying you see them laughing you see yeah. them just breaking down that barrier and just being they just want to have a friend in you and there's just it's such a great feeling to see you working with these kids and I want to thank you so much for your time and we had a lot of technical difficulties before this and i was like oh god i'm not going to reschedule please i've waited too long for this but i'm so grateful that we finally got to get our computers working and i'm i'm so humbled to call you my friend and i'm so um i'm just touched by how great and big your heart is and in your you're a very blessed man and i'm so i'm so happy to have you on my show and share your story Vicki, thank you so much. I want to thank your listeners out there and uh, all the people's hearts you have touched and also made laugh and wanted to strangle you. <laughs> you I don't know about laughing. They, they probably hated me with fidgets. <laughs> oh my gosh. When you watch some of the videos online that with, and remember the video you and Robert Rock singing to you, that, that's, that's hilarious. You just Thank you for off. reminding me about that, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you, you played off so well. It, it took someone like you for that to get over, though, you know, and that's what was so yeah. good about that piece. And, you know, that's one of many of them that are out there that are just are, are funny, but you play the characters so well and you're, you're, you're gifted. And, and, and Vicki, I love you. I thank you. And uh, we have something very special in common. We have a, we a brother in Christ. You have a husband that, man, there's going to be a reunion one day and the celebration. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he's probably got a car collection up there. <laughs> that will never end. <laughs> I know. God bless you, Mark. And, and just enjoy your daughter, Mariah and Sophia. And enjoy your brother now, uh, you know, and have some great late days. And we will keep in touch. And I would love to have you come down to Houston. I'm planning some things. I... I would love to see what you can do to come down and, you know, have some kind of, you know, rally with the kids here. And I'm going to keep you on my email list and I'll be keeping, I'll get in touch with you soon. All right, Vicki. Thank you. And take care. Thank you, Bye. Mark. Have a great day. God bless you. you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Merrill, for taking some time out to be on my show. I am inspired by your message and how you are helping the youth. Um, I am just encouraged by the positivity and the love that you're spreading to everyone. And everyone, I encourage you to go to Mark's uh, website, which is teesprings.com. 
forward slash stores forward slash Mark Merrill. Uh, check him out on his Instagram and Twitter at Mark Merrill. And thank you to everyone who took the hour out to listen to this episode. Check us out next week when we have another exciting episode. And thank you for all your love and support. Take care, be safe, and be kind to one another. Thank <laughs> you.